So Emily Phipps, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm happy you are here today. Thanks. How did you, uh, what do you feel like, I mean, I have so <laughs> many things that I could like talk about. I could keep yeah. going down what we were just talking about. I could talk about the driving in this city all day long, especially whatever the hell they're doing on. I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, three ninety five. Get real ranty. Oh, see, now that's maybe what I'm looking for <laughs> there. I don't know. Let's pull some rent out of you. <clears throat> what is it that you do for work? Start us there. Tell us who you are a little bit. All right. I have been doing hair for like 13 years now. That sounds crazy to say when I say it out loud. Wild, um, right? Yeah, it is wild. And more recently, for about the last four and a half years, I'd say, I mm -hmm. started working for a third-party logistics company, so mostly in like warehousing. And currently, I am an accounting specialist for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I've been through like many roles. It started as um, a friend of mine worked for them, and she was a former boss of mine as well. I wanted to get out of the office job that I had at that point part-time. And I just said, I will do anything. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. I just need to get out of where I am. Do you have a spot? Because I know you like your company. And she just basically said, like, I don't know. Let me talk to my boss and find out. Um, they ended up bringing me on temporarily as um, kind of like a file clerk of sorts, just getting ready for their uh, document cloud upload. Mm -hmm. And then here I am. I never left. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Well, I like that because actually that's a pretty broad spectrum of things. Yeah. Right? How many things do you, have you done? I mean, how many jobs have you had in your life? And, and how many of those were in Reno? Oh, geez. Um, I've unofficially been working since I was like 13. Whoa. Um, my dad, my parents owned businesses, but my dad mm. um, did carpet and upholstery and then did commercial cleaning as part of that for some of his bigger clients. Um, and so I would go with him at like 13 mm -hmm. weekly and go do commercial cleaning, like after school and stuff. And uh, so I've been doing that forever. That was mm -hmm. down in Carson. That's where I grew up. Um, oh, okay. Then my parents owned a catering business. So I was a runner and a banquet waitress for them. Wow. And did prep. I mean, pretty much everything, basically, because it was a family business. And yeah. We did have employees, but when your parents own a business, you basically work that business all the yeah. time. So you kind of grew up in a small business environment. That's I cool. Did, yeah. I didn't know that about you. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, and and now you do jobs instead. Do you prefer the idea of, of working at a job to trying to do your own business? I don't. Um Really, the only reason I am not behind the chair full time was like health things. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I just my body couldn't keep up and I had to scale back and I needed insurance, which uh, small business owners will know is very expensive when yeah. you're private, especially if you don't have a group, if it's individual. So that all is like run through the cosmetology board at that point, too. Right. Is that how that functions or is the insurance a state level? How, no. Yeah. It? It's like private. So whether you go through the state, mm -hmm. however, they made that available in the marketplace or if you purchase it privately outside of that, either way. You but it's to, like a it's part of the licensing process. No. Or is it? No. Okay. No. Totally separate. Just insuring the business all as, a, as its own thing. Yeah. So 
is it more difficult to insure the salon world than others or oh i don't mean business insurance like i needed health insurance oh excuse me i'm sorry sorry. we're gonna cut all that out then because i hate when i just don't know what the hell's going on (laughs) it's the worst it's nice when you laugh that's nice but i want to go back to the idea about you know you you know a lot of things you've grown up in the reno and now the carson area when did you leave carson for reno um, I actually left Carson for Vegas. I went to business mm. school at UNLV. Um, I went there for a few years. Then I came back up here. Um, I never intended to come back up north. I planned to stay in Vegas, but that's just not how life worked out. Yeah. Um, the car I had at the time decided it was going to die <laughs> and I needed to get a new one. And just with the expenses of that and not really loving business school. I think it's hard when you grow up in small businesses and you see the way an actual business operates Yeah. then to go to college. And I don't know, however many years now at that, what, 15 years ago. That's crazy. Um, it just wasn't practical. Yeah. And the yeah. things we were learning, I was just, I would just get done with class and be annoyed. Uh. Like this is never going <laughs> to, be used <laughs> yeah. ever like this is already outdated like yeah. you've moved to electronic you're not going to be doing these things by hand if the computers go out you're done for the day you call yeah. it and you move forward or you do the best ability so well and if all you're getting out of the college is how to set up systems and processes yeah. what are you going to get from that that you didn't grow up in already right yeah, that you're making some sense there. So when people ask me about it, I think it kind of depends on their background. You know, well, people will say, should I go get my business degree? I don't know. It depends <laughs> on what you're looking for and what you need to do. I mean, I have one. Has it helped me in my personal business? No. Yeah. Has it helped me in a professional office environment? Kind of. It yeah. helps me negotiate for raises. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's what it is. It's on the paper. Yeah, you learn computers and... I mean, everyone knows those now. That's not a thing. You can't really operate without doing most programs that you'd use in a business. But Well, sometimes the boss knows, right, that that there's a raise that's just in accordance with the job. And and when he sees it on paper that this person has an education and is aware that this raise should be taking place at this time, they really don't question. They just pull you in and, Simmons, it's your raise day. But if you don't have that on the paper, you can go a whole lot longer before you realize. And then you like walk in there nervous and sweat and you're like, I think I need a raise. And the boss like, really? Well, tell me why. And you go through this whole thing only to find out, hey, listen, you're guaranteed a raise with the company. It's what it does. We were just holding out on you. You know what I mean? I do. I think it's, I don't know. Personally, it's different for me. My boss loves to negotiate. Mm. So he's always like, let's discuss. And I hate negotiating. (laughs) like I don't haggle I go to a garage sale and they're like five dollars and if I want to pay five dollars I'll say great (laughs) and if I don't I'll be like okay thanks and that's that's it for me like I don't that's sort of the the person I remember speaking with actually yeah was it was just kind of like still the same this is what I'm about and you're either you know so that's funny I've always struggled with that because to me I put a lot of value in like worth work ethic excuse me and Mm -hmm. I very much am whoever I am all the time. I don't really have these like different modes. Um, So for me, I'm like, well, I work all the time here. So, or just whatever. It's not even my office. My boss is great. My company is great. But 
just in general, I have a really yeah. hard time like advocating for myself because I'm uh-huh. like, well, either you see it or you don't. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, and you've been around for all the things I did, so you know that I struggle with that totally, and that's something I've that. always struggled with. Have you had times in your life where you felt that cost you? Um, probably. Hmm. I don't dwell on things like that, honestly. That's a good thing, probably. I don't really have the time, I feel like. I do like how you just kind of cruise about. I've always liked that. Oh, that like thanks. Nobody seems to stop your shine, really. Oh, well, I don't know about that, but thank you. Is that true? Yeah, do you want to tell us a story of somebody who stopped your shine? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's like a specific story. I guess I just don't feel like exuberant. I don't feel like that's my personality, so <laughs> yeah. the shine, I don't know. I feel like I'm more like a gray cloud than like, you know, a sunshine. <laughs> but a steady gray cloud, you know what it is. Yeah. Oh, my God. You remind me so much of my youngest uh, daughter now. Oh, yeah? Like what she will be like as a grown-up because she's really <laughs> a responsible individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's kind of a little naturally timid, a little bit nervous. Uh, and especially the idea that somebody's going to put her on a microphone and like ask her about her life. <laughs> yeah. Right. She's very embarrassable because she's young and like that's what happens when you're young anyway. But but she also is like. I would use the word piercing in the best possible way. OK. When I met her, she was seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. God, all she wanted to do was love everyone and everything and just play and the sweetest little kid. She sounds like an angel. She's so wonderful. And I've seen it now. She's 14. And I've seen like life, that early life start to like creep in, like the reality that this is going to suck for 60 years also. Uh, And and she gets grouchy (laughs) about stuff. And especially when uh, because it's. It's not unlike you. Her work ethic is sound. She doesn't really bother anybody. She's just kind of moving through life. And so it's like in those moments where she's feeling, you you describe gray cloud and that's what made me associate her because she cruises like a gray cloud. And a lot of that has to do with just trying to um, get through the room without anybody giving her any shit. Like drawing too much attention to the fact that she's yeah. like in the room. I can relate to that. I do not I'm not an attention sort of person I don't I don't want to be on the center stage I don't want people to look at me yeah I it's funny because I have this thing with my mom and she gets so irritated with me um I hate when people remember me at like a coffee shop or a restaurant (laughs) like it gives me so much anxiety it's unreal I literally (laughs) will drive across town to go to a different (laughs) location of that restaurant or coffee house or whatever just so I'm not like constantly showing up yeah and if someone's like oh hey I remember you or like hey here's your order I'm like thank you and then I won't go back for like weeks yeah will not do it you know what's funny about that my dad beat the that right out of us because every chance he had to make a scene he would do it just for the sake of making sure we were okay we'd be in like an ihop or something and he would just break out and start singing happy birthday to somebody in the restaurant didn't matter if it was their birthday or not you know that's very much my dad and my parents but oh my gosh my mom will be like 
that's good customer service. Why are you going across (laughs) town? Don't do that. That's ridiculous. But for me, I'm like, well, if it helps my anxiety, it's not hurting anyone else. I don't mind (laughs) driving 10 miles out of the way. I'd rather find a different Chili's every time. Yeah. Like for, for a while, um, I worked in South Reno and would decide like, Hey, on Wednesday, I feel like hot wings. Right. So there's a um, you can say the name if I you don't care even, about it. I, I can't think care. of it right now that I'm a talking wing about. place. Wingstop, thank you. Oh, okay. My brain. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. on it today. That's okay. Um, it's a place you stop for wings. So yeah, I would like get Wingstop, but like at some point, the same like five teenagers were working that shift after my shift got off. Mm. And they're always like, oh, hey. And I was like, nope. So I started driving to like <laughs> Certainly not going to have kids remembering me. And I was like, no, I have to mix it up. <laughs> yeah. And I agree. It's such nice customer service. And I totally get that people love that. And yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. super nice thing and a great goal for them to have. But for me, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Firmly my shit. It. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You see, and and that... Right, you're really doing it now because <laughs> she starts to become really funny and really charming when she like gets into like the whys of how she is yeah. and who she is. And it is hysterical. She's the funniest little kid. I had a video of her where she played herself as like a super um just this really over the top version of a young selfish girl. And then she was playing the reverse of a fourth grade boy that she named Zachary. And she was using my Harry Potter wig to do this. Nice. And so we filmed one after the other mm-hmm. and made it look like they were having like the old conversation. And it was like the funniest thing. And like now, because a little more school has passed and a little more, you know, they start to hear how much kids talk shit about each other. And so it's like, oh, you can't really tell me that people like me for who I am because all around me, there's other kids who are like, oh my God, that person's stupid. Look at how ugly, look at her stupid shoes and they can't afford it. You know? So she's like getting this reality. So I'm like, oh, we should film something. She's like, oh my God, no. Could you imagine? (laughs) I totally get it. I will, I like will film stuff or whatever my friends will film me. But it's like strictly between them or me and my mom or something. Like, <laughs> but it's not, not something I will put anywhere. In. Yeah. There's only like one exception for a while. I was doing like really terrible pickup lines and like would record them once a year. Really cheesy stuff and upload them to like my Instagram or something. But then, you know, yeah, that yeah. fell off and I just haven't done anymore. <laughs> once again. Well, do you have like a temper that comes along with that? Do you get grouchy if people start putting video out of you and things like that when you're not, you don't want that? Uh, no, I, I just uh, avoid it in the first place. Like oh, you'd be hard good. pressed to probably film me okay. in something or. I wonder if that's where she'll get to. Cause she gets gr- like, here's another question. Mm-hmm. Do you have a sensitivity to different like food eating and sounds and things to just sound kind of questionable? Sort of, I, um, part of it is like with anxiety disorder that I just have is, um, kind of sensitive to sounds and lights in general. Mm, mm. Um, they just really like grit at me. 
that's what if i start eating a bowl of cereal like 35 feet away from her you've measured it you've got yeah, the, you've got the tape measure out far and the other side of the 36 house. is fine yeah. but 35 how dare you and she'll cast the look man and if i've oh my god it's brutal i have to actually like leave that i have gone all the way out the front door and <laughs> left the house sometimes i'll go upstairs and she's i can hear because if i go upstairs she can't make a look, so I just hear this. <sighs> Sorry, no. That's a massive, like, sigh power if you can hear it all the way upstairs. The That's... women in my family have mastered Good the sigh. Them. They really know how They've to communicate it. their emotions It's well. their yeah. power. I yeah. love it. And it's funny, too, because actually I don't, I'll bet you 80% of the time I don't realize it. I'm just reacting to it, like, <laughs> you know, what's the bells? uh pavlov i think uh well that's good no temper it's you know that's kind of probably what it does grow into is just avoiding it that's what i hope for them is yeah i mean i don't know i don't think i have a big temper in general it takes a lot to make me actually mad mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. like to joke mad because it's fun but yeah, yeah, yeah to make me really mad i either have to like really 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 care about you and you've pushed my buttons a lot or you know yeah. Just have all of my buttons continually pushed and I've kind of hit a wall. I can appreciate that. Uh, just respect for your own kind of nesting self internally and externally that you just kind of keep that peaceful and don't let. Yeah, I think part of it is like with autoimmune, like I really can't. Mm. I've really had to learn to manage stress and, you know, what's going to. Tell me more about what that whole of your autoimmune as much as you want to go into what oh, it is geez. you know because yeah. it, this thing is going to be listened to just by the general people <laughs> arena so there's yeah. going to be somebody that this speaks to that yeah that, it's know. been a it's been a weird hard journey i started having issues when i was 26 i had a blood clot in my brain and a tia um which is basically a mini stroke mm. and mm. then after that like Basically, that was like the catalyst trauma for my autoimmune stuff mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. took probably about a year, which is for autoimmune is actually pretty quick to get diagnosed. But um, my markers and all my lab work and numbers were just like crazy off the charts. So it was mm. kind of undeniable. Yeah, that it was happening. Yeah. And it was like pretty very quickly that things sort of went downhill in my physical health where it was like, oh, I don't think this should be like this. But yeah. For probably the first four months, I wasn't really sure and didn't really do anything about it because they mm -hmm. kind of just said, like, it's your brain. You don't have any permanent damage, thankfully, so that's a plus. But, you know, you're probably going to feel weird for a while. Mm -hmm. That's just how it goes. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, I was like borderline workaholic at that point. So working a lot, a lot. And uh, my chiropractor was just kind of like, hey, I think you're just overworking yourself. It'll probably <laughs> be fine. Um Jokes on him, though, because it wasn't. So. <laughs> He's actually great. My chiropractor, ooh, sorry. That's okay. Is great. I yeah. love him. Yeah. I still see the same guy. So. See, and now you can tease him, and that's good, because that's it's a good attitude to have towards Yeah, him. I mean, what are you going to do? So, yeah, um, I have a few different ones that affect all kinds of things, but um, the major one I have is RA, and so that affects, like, my joints and, mm -hmm. you know. Got it. And that is rheumatoid arthritis. Yes. Is that all right? Sorry. Okay. No, yeah, that's okay. I just wanted to make sure I <laughs> yeah, was processing yep. that correctly. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, we just had a guest a couple days ago 
who suffered quite a massive stroke. I believe that she told us there was a scale, which I think is reference to the T-T-A-I or T-I-A? T-I-A, yeah. T-I-A. The scale goes... Ischemic attack. Yes, 1 to 16. Mm. Hers registered 16.5. Wow. And generally, I think it was like after 13 or something, generally indicates death. Yeah. So this thing hit Richter scale. Now, she is the kind of person that just brings like a whole ass spoonful of energy. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and I I got to believe something about that saved her life. But she was describing kind of what led up to it and the stresses. The clot directly caused it. That's what they think. Um <laughs> I didn't go to the hospital for quite a long time after mm. the initial issues. Um, I always joke with my family and friends now because, you know, of course they get concerned. But it's like, when it's your brain, you don't know that it's happening to you usually. Yeah, like, true. I honestly just thought I had a migraine, which clearly was not because for I like was not functioning months. very yeah. well. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it was probably like 16 hours between like probably when I had my mini stroke to like when I went to the hospital. Oh, wow. Um, but I was still having lots of like physical effects when That's I went to the hospital. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was kind of crazy. Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, you could have died. You should be here no less than 30 minutes. That's like your time frame, zero to 30 minutes. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. For months afterwards, friends and family were constantly like, and you were just bearing it. Me. Cause that's who you are. You're well, again, I think like, you know, when it's your brain, you don't know, what's going on really. And when you're 26, like you nor your friends think that like, Hey, guess what? They might have a stroke. Like that's yeah, just not right. something Stroke's you think about. not in your wheelhouse. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had, I, we had went to the movies with some friends and they were also coworkers and our boss was there. So of course my coworkers were like, well, we don't really want to say anything. She's kind of being weird, but like our boss is here. So in case anything is just strange, or whatever, like, we're just going to let her do her own thing. Um, which, like, I was not that type of person to be on drugs or, yeah, right, you know, right. like, totally hammered or whatever. And they all knew that. But at the same time, um, I was, like, hanging out with someone at the time. And mm. they didn't really know him. And so, you know, they were just like, well, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. yeah, who knows what's going on? It's, it's the weekend. It's yeah. not work time. Like, whatever. Um, and again, I don't think you automatically go to stroke. Yeah. Right. Hey, there's something wrong with their brain. You yeah, go yeah, to yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right, it's a party weekend and that's weird, but yeah. like, okay. Man, did I just really overdo? What did I eat? Was it the lobster? Yeah. I understand what you're saying with that. And it's, yeah. it's, it's substantial. I mean, it's truly substantial what happens. Um, I can't imagine sort of trying to just navigate it. It's like, yeah, the process from then to now of just learning this thing seems like it would be a lot. Are you just kind of constantly learning what your body's going to do now? Mm, yes and no. I mean, I think you kind of sort of get in a rhythm. and Okay, so um, it does sort of settle into something that you understand. Honestly, autoimmune is different for every person. So mm. we could have the same labs. We could have, you know, the same numbers in the labs. We can have the same diagnosis, but the way it affects you is not going to be the way it affects me. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's what's tricky about getting treatment and getting diagnosed in the first place is it's just so different for everyone, even if you have the exact same things. So part of that's hard. Like I can really only speak for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I also don't put a lot of focus on that, on, you know, the autoimmune and different illness stuff 
for me, I just personally can't spending time like really trying to think about it just brings me down. And nice. There's nothing you can really do about it. I'm doing everything I can. So yeah. outside of that, if I just sit there and like dwell on it, then I mean, I'm not going to get out of bed in the morning and that's just not an option. Well, it sounds like you're beating it. Then so, if you ask me, that's how you do it. That's yeah, I mean, only, you have that's cool. Bad days and you have good days. I mean, there's days where, you know, I'm really bummed out about it and pissed off. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, this is the worst ever. I don't want to do anything today. And then there's days that aren't so bad. And yeah, you kind of just get used to the constant, honestly. Like, And is that what's driving the anxiety piece for you that you kind of mentioned there? Oh, is just how it goes up and down a little like that? I think I've just always had anxiety. Oh, okay. um, you know, suffered from depression from like a young age. And, mm-hmm. you know, now I... I'm getting treatment for it and I see a therapist and um, I think that's an important piece. So it's life. Your brain is just like a, any other organ. You're going to get treatment for it. You're going to, you know, seek medical attention for your heart if you're having issues. So same thing with your brain. Yeah. And I, I firmly believe in therapy. In fact, I think that's kind of how you work out the brain. Yeah. You know, it's just it's super it's, helpful. Absolutely. It, it doesn't to me, it doesn't feel different than, what I'm doing here with you. I mean, that's just sort of the way Yeah, I've decided to take my therapy, which is just chat with people about what's going on yeah. and let <laughs> other people hear it. And when you put a whole bunch of those out, I think it, maybe it's interesting. Maybe it's just a flood of nothingness. I don't know. We're yeah. having fun though. So I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's, you know, community is definitely therapeutic for people and, mm-hmm. you know, getting to know people is therapeutic or spending time with other people, seeing their points of view. You know, there's definitely something I think though to seeing a professional. Yeah, who they, they can know teach how you. to hold that mirror upright. Yeah, and I think it's more just about coping. Like, I don't think a lot of people in our age group or just in general like learned coping skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and the brain is amazing and does amazing things, but they're not necessarily helpful or useful in our day to day lives. So, while our brain may be doing amazing things and doing what it should do, given trauma or stress or depression or anxiety or whatever it is that doesn't necessarily mean it's helpful in your everyday life yeah so right. learning how to like manage learning how to teach your brain to be safe to feel safe so you know you can like let down your barriers where it's not always on high alert mm-hmm. um, I think that's where like a professional professional therapy comes in really helpful mm-hmm. and children when when it's everything sort of stems from our child as i understand it but that's what they say it's you know <laughs> children don't we are naturally in our childhood state we're resistant to routine mm-hmm. we don't want to go to bed at 8 30 we don't want to have broccoli we don't want to have routine and it's it's kind of that resistance which seems to be the driving force of our adult problems in many ways uh, what we resist as children is most likely what we're going to be resisting as adults. And, and like in my case, it was like the second I turned 18, I was like, oh, ice cream for dinner anytime I want. Yes, I will leave the house. That's funny. And they were like, it's harder out there than ice cream for dinner, bud. And I was like, okay, see you later. Uh, it was a lot harder. Interesting. You know, <laughs> So depending on what we're looking at, uh, you know, that could really open some stuff. In fact, it's what's really insightful about this is like if I circle back to my daughter, because there were certain similarities and I'm hearing her now more than ever, she was she's just not been feeling heard. Yeah. 
She's not been feeling like people are hearing each other. She's not. She she's just sort of trapped in like the reality of what 2020 looks like as it toxifies every household. And and it's caused some stuff for her where she's like upset about like the very chewing motion that I make because it's more about like what I'm doing outside the chewing motion that's that's bothering her. Yeah, I think on a large scale too, people forget that um, with a pandemic like it is and mm -hmm. the way that mm -hmm. life was shifted so quickly, like that causes a general trauma response. In all of us at once. Yeah, so people, I think, kind of forget that like, hey, yeah. first off, the pandemic isn't over. Yeah. Second off, like we've hit the six month mark where like we've adjusted to the original stuff. And now it feels like life should get back to normal, but it's not. So now there's like that dip low where you're like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, you have to figure out how to continue on now because it's still going. Yep. And, and that does cause like stress and trauma. And if you think about it, like the last six months, regardless of where you land on all of this, we're constantly being told that it's unsafe. That settles in to yeah. everyone. You're hitting it on the head Even with her right you, now. It's her deepest fear. Yeah. She is literally making her every decision based on not only if safety pre precautions will be taken wherever she's going, but are we as her family making sure we take them every step? And she has this really big, her biggest fear in it is grandma. Yeah. We have grandma with us and grandma is just in a demo that you don't mess with. And so what do you do with that? It's your kid and it's the thing they're most afraid. It doesn't matter anymore what your politics are. Yeah. Well, and I think it's hard because you are navigating between things that are actually real. You know, they say if you're vulnerable, but what that really means is like people who have autoimmune, which is a large percentage of the population, people who are older, you know, people who are compromised in any way, like, and I don't, necessarily want to get into the pandemic stuff but like there of is course. a real side to like there you Very really right. do need to be cautious that's you're hitting that part right on too because it's not some two-sided issue there are a hundred million infinite possibilities yeah. of what agendas are at play in any instance any instance you could have some person walk in here with the intent to make sure we're just doing it right some osha person comes in and is like are you guys doing it right and we could sit and figure out the m many, many reasons why they might have made their way to us, right? But in the end, that part doesn't matter because th there are, are enough aspects of it that are real that you just sort of have to take the broad scope of it real. From there, every person makes their choice, right? Even even compromised as, as you feel, you recognize like, okay, there's a point where I can take my mask off and be like, okay and comfortable in this. Yeah, I mean, it does take some work, though, mm -hmm. because I do have to calculate that out. You know, I have to be able to trust the situation I'm in. And even if I do get to that point, it still is something that weighs on me. It's just like a choice that I've made and I sort of have to just live with. It's not like you're like, oh, right, this is great. I feel fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah Wonderful. Yeah. Let's do it. It's like it's not going to be like that. Like it's always in the back of my mind of like, OK. At any time, there's a anything. risk, regardless yeah. if, if I choose to take the risk, that's fine. But like, it's still here. Mm -hmm. I still need to manage whatever I do for the next two weeks just to be sure. And, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I think personally for me, I also don't 
want to put other people at risk either. So I try to, you know, when I make my decisions of what I'm going to do, what do I have to do, you know, as far as my schedule goes, who is that going to affect, you know, try to limit what I do. Cause for me, it's like a personal responsibility thing Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. me personally. So, but yeah, I don't think it's ever a point where it's just like, Oh yeah, this is great. Like there's always some underlying anxiety or concern or whatever you want to call it. I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and, and when you live sort of a major event like you did, it's not quite as simple as like, you know, you watch people in some of the things they say, it's, it's always that don't live in fear and these things. It's not, it's not exactly like an unreasonable fear or an irrational fear. Every time there are instances of people who are just way too afraid. Yeah. Or for, you know, and I think that was kind of my point too, is just, there are, it's a legitimate thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, there are definite sides and areas where it's like, okay, (laughs) maybe this is a stretch, but like at the same time, there are real concerns for everyone, not just me, not just your daughter, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, globally. And that does, that's a lot to work with that we don't generally have to work with in our modern worlds. So I think that just makes it tough on everyone. Yeah, I think you're right. And at least at least let's not have attitude about it. Yeah, and I think it's tough because honestly, I think a lot of people who don't deal maybe clinically or, you know, consistently with anxiety or depression are feeling those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you don't deal with it, you know, like I can wake up in the morning and be like, all right, anxiety. Like I know what it is, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but if you don't deal with that, I'm sure you're just like feeling out of sorts or uh-huh. whatever. I mean, I don't. I don't personally know what that's like, so I don't know how to speak to it. But I would imagine that Uh, if it's not something you deal with, it's like, what is this? And you feel like you need to fix it or get better or like it's a whole thing you don't ever have to do, which is like adds piles on to whatever it is that we're doing globally or, you know, on a large scale of our community or whatever. It's not just like it's not just you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wish we could have had like a freeze frame on you just now when you did the uh, hello anxiety, because I feel like you had an image of that. Then every time you started to feel that anxiety kick, you would just see it and laugh it off from there. Because, boy, that was pretty. You made me feel so funny about anxiety. The, well, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I don't deal well in anxiety. It's yeah. the territory. I, I had one panic attack Ooh. in my life. That's a rough one. It was so fucking scary it is oh my god dude i rolled over to my wife and i was like oh my god and she was not my i mean i we had been seeing each other probably seven or eight months at this time you know and so she i was still in that really good phase of like hiding all my true crazy shit that comes out if you settle in with somebody the lovely world of dating (laughs) yeah 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 so i kind of roll over and i'm like whoa i was feeling really stressed out and now suddenly like everything's moving and I can't get a hold of myself. And this is really like weird. Like, I think we need to sit up. Oh my God, let's sit up. <laughs> she was like, you're okay. You're having a panic attack. I'm like, no, I've never had that. This is definitely a heart attack. She's going to trust me, a panic attack. Give it 20 minutes. You'll know if it's a heart attack or not. Yeah. It was gone in like six minutes, but it was like, if that six minutes looks like it just was accordioned out to like oh, sure. decades. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, do you suffer panic attacks? I've had a few of like more anxiety driven, I would say, than panic. But uh-huh. it's just 
personal semantics to me. Yeah, um, yeah. but maybe the, the first one the I ever had was at the dentist and not because I'm afraid of the dentist. It's because the hygienist was just sort of like being a bitch. Mm, and mm-hmm. it was for whatever reason, just really hit me wrong. And I'm like <laughs> sitting in the x-ray room and I'm like, I gotta get out of here. Like what is happening? Like super upset. And I'm like, I'm not even mad about the dentist. Like I don't even care about the dentist. I'm not afraid of the dentist. I'm like trying to talk myself down of like, why are you being a psycho in this chair in this room by yourself? And I was just like, <sighs> I'm sure that they were like, wow, this girl really hates the dentist. But like, I don't, I don't care. And meanwhile, the hygienist in her mind was somewhere else in time. Like oh, totally. She was I'm sure going she was through her like husband's Having a bad day or, or whatever. Yeah. It was, I don't think it was personal. But uh, I never went back to that dentist, which is sad because I like the dentist. But I just was like, nope, I can't hang. I got I to gotta not come here. You don't go to Wingstop if they know your name. Imagine having a panic yeah, attack. Yeah, like, come there. on. We're not doing it. I would. I don't. My. I feel like my panic attack would be triple in length if it happened to the dentist. I can't Are you afraid imagine. of the dentist? No. And this is the funny part. My. I, I go to a dentist, Dr. Matt Stewart. I say his name every time, time I get because. The whole thing. Because he's so good. People need to find Dr. Matt Stewart. Is he sponsoring this podcast? But Dr. Matt has done some really good work on me over the last, I'm going to call it 24 to 36 months. And I thought you were going to go years. And I was like, wow, you are still really hyped about this. Well, what's funny is I started my life in his office as a child, but it was his dad. Mm. And then it was many years later I went back in it's him. But one of the solidifiers was when I went in his office, the guy just had concert tickets all over the wall, just littered with concert tickets. And about 40% of them were shows that I had produced. Okay, wait, pause. Pause. Were they framed? They were framed. Like nicely framed in a map? framed. Some of them were signed. What? He had pictures <laughs> with the band. Then no. He was fully concert Damn, nerded. Damn, committed. Ow. I love it. He, is, he was, if I had... The song right now. I was made for your dental work, baby. There you go. Dude, when I walked in and saw it, I was like, okay, I'm I'm with this. That's then amazing. That first, is dedication. Yeah. I love it. And like the first day I found myself in his chair, he starts talking to me about tremors, which I don't know what that was about, but I like the movie it. with Kevin Bacon. Yes. Oh, love I it. I love it. Yes. It's and a we solid, just... solid. <laughs> Wait, I would say trilogy, but there's four. So I don't know what they call that. How many Both? of them have Kevin Bacon? I have no idea. I think those are the only ones. Does that it might matter? Count it's about me. the tremors. Yeah. Okay. You know? I could take that. I the could snake take... things. Do they have a real name? I don't even know. Tremors. Uh, maybe they were called Tribbles. No, that's something else. No, that's Star, that's Trek. Star Trek, the little furries. Whoa! Hey! Don't nerd out in here. We need the mic, uh, Dr. Matt on the mic now. I mean, not nerding out is a tough request, but I'll do my best. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine having a, a panic in the dentist's office, and especially because my dentist would be like, dude, you know already, you, we... In my first time of going in there, it was weird. He didn't, I don't know if he facilitated this somehow or if it was just an organic thought I came to, but he numbed me up Uh and he busts out the drill and we're getting ready to go in on the tooth. And he sort of starts in and I, I kind of, he's like, is any pain? I was like, no, I don't think so. Try it again. (laughs) And so he, we're like communicating about doing it. It was the first time I'd ever done that with a dentist, which is apparently like the normal thing you're supposed to do. 
Oh, I have no idea. Oh, well, this is, he's like, oh, yeah, this is, once you get patience doing this, it's all, oh, it's so easy. He was so right, because he goes, now watch, uh, I'm going to put it down, you just tell me. If there's more pain, we'll just hit it a little more with the, the number, and we just got a little further in there. Okay, cool. So he puts it down in there, and I'm like, okay, no, it's no pain, and I'm thinking about it, and I go, you know, I think what it is is that I know what the drill's doing. I can feel the vibration of it. I can hear it grinding away on my tooth. Sure. And I can smell that little smoldery smell. Gross. So everything about that is triggering like my pain receptors. Mm -hmm. But I'm not actually in any pain. So once I realized that, I sort of laid back and it, it, I don't know, it was just this like, this like smooth jazz took over in my head just like the front office and i was like drill away doc and suddenly i was like bill murray from little shop of horrors i was like yes just give it to me dr stewart come on (laughs) it's funny yeah he's a good guy i like dr if you ever need a dentist dr matt stewart i mean yeah sounds great i'm gonna have to check him out after that i've only had one like surgery dental thing go on and it was not a lovely experience oh yeah. What, what kind of surgery do you have on your dental? I had my wisdom teeth pulled out, Ugh. but turns out I have a very, like I metabolize medication or something very quickly. So it like mm. doesn't work. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And so I was Jeez. awake and they just like numbed me, gave me gas, except it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. And I was like literally feeling them rip my teeth out. Mm-hmm. And they kept being like, it's just the pressure. You're fine. And then at some point. I had like literal tears coming down my face because like ripping out your teeth is painful. And when they they do your wisdom teeth, it's really crazy. They like cut a slit and then they like break the tooth up by like hitting it. Mm -hmm. And then they just like sort of leverage it out. Mm. It's very like caveman. I was like, what is happening? (laughs) I feel like this should be done a different way. Yeah, it's crazy. So that's what they're doing. Um, they're kind of going at it aggressively because, hello, you're breaking up bone and things like that. Of course yeah, you Yeah, and then this is in your ear. It's just... I don't even remember hearing things because it hurt so much. And I was just like, done, you know, and just uh, like trying to suck it up. And then... Why Why were you awake? I, th- I got my wisdom teeth and they knocked me out. Yeah, it- they just don't always do that. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. They were scary. like, oh, they're not super impacted. Like, we should just be able to pull them out. It should be fine. It wasn't fine. So no. at some point, the doctor's like, okay, close your close your eyes. I'm like, all right. I figured they were going to do like, you know, suction or whatever they do. I don't know. And he starts pricking me with a pin to see. And I'm like wincing. And he's Every all, time. oh, God, we have to stop. So they stop. She can like, actually feel this. Yeah, he's like, you can feel us pulling out your teeth. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, sorry. yeah, I've been telling you that. But so they went and got my mom. And they were like, well... We already have two and a half out. We can finish it, uh, but we legally can't give her like any more. We've given her the max amount we can. So we can like try to be gentle and just go for it or you can bring her back. My mom looks at me and she's like, I don't think she's going to come back. And I was like, no. So they did it a lot more gently, but like still obviously was a bummer. Yeah. Um, And they weren't kind of like pounding away and just like going (laughs) and like cutting haphazardly. But yeah, I had like severe bruising because like, I don't know, I guess when you're in pain, you clench up and your muscles, I don't even know, but it was kind of hilarious. I mean, it wasn't funny that day at all. It was really sad, but it's good for us now. It's hilarious now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dentists are fascinating. It's, they do. I had a guy that was actually like, he had both his feet on, on the, like the, 
whatever this thing, the footrest mm-hmm. of the chair. He had both of them up there and he was yanking oh, and he had nope. his people holding him so that he wouldn't, so that he could leverage it. No, and that's hard pass. Absolutely and not. I felt good about it in that moment because I was totally numb and yeah. I responded just fine. But even like Dr. Matt was so fast, he pulled a root canal on me once and he was like, all right, it's because you're such a good patient. I just want you to just let me get it right here. And he like grabbed it different than he normally would. And he he goes, look at this. Do you mind if I take a picture? I was like, wow. dude, absolutely. Take a picture. We took a picture of it and we were like sharing it. I had the most bizarre dental experience yeah. occur. I'm, I got like, so close. With, I love this. It guy borderline so sounds horrifying. But I'm here for it, and I kind of want to go to him now. <laughs> he he really is the best, man. And he's, I don't know, he's just, I saw him at the movies one time out. It's only, it's the only time I've ever seen him out of the office. That's always weird. Uh, it was a little, I just say, hey, how you doing, Dr. Matt? And he's like, oh, it's good to see you with your family. Have a nice time. It was like not a friendship at all. No. <laughs> but like when we're in the office... Oh my God! I know this guy gross. my whole life. It's nice. my, yeah. love it. So yeah, Doctor Matt Stewart. I know if you if you're ever in a place where the dentist starts knowing your name and you need a new guy. Okay, <laughs> hold up. It doesn't count for people I'm seeing individually. Like it's just for those. You know, it should be a random person every time experience, not the same guy. That's fine. <laughs> I'm not crazy, okay? No, but you are really fun. I had a really Thank good you. time. And I, I'm glad you opted to come down here today because I think I can speak for Wyatt when I say this. It was laughable. It This was enjoyable. Well, thanks. Yeah. Likewise. Thanks, buddy. Emily Phipps, it has been such a pleasure Thank to you. Uh, have you in the studio here thanks. today. It's been nice to be here. Have a good day in the real world. Thank you.